This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. All right, we stepping into the Red Recover huddle here with my man, Matt. Where are you at in Indy? You're here, right? I'm uh, I'm in. Uh, yes, I've been here since Monday. I am in the uh, Hilton Garden Inn over in the uh, Circle in Indianapolis. Okay. All right. All right. Good. I'm close. You're in the Monument Circle? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm like two blocks away from you, actually. Oh, that's my, my Airbnb. My we Airbnb. could have done this. Uh, we could have done this in uh, one screen. Yes, we could have, actually. Yeah, we could have. Because my, my room is not a mess yet, or my house is not a mess yet. It's actually a pretty nice condo. And, and it's pretty nice. And can't complain. Airbnb is the way to go, bro. God, it is just much more comfortable. Uh, when you get the Airbnb, although you're probably getting the points, right? Is that is that what you're doing? I am getting the points. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a method to the madness. Yes, sir. Make, make, make them pay, and I get the points. You right. Know, you, you, yeah. You, you, yeah. You can't win. You can't lose with that one. Beautiful. Um, I, I I spoke to you whether it was last week or the week before. No, I think it was maybe last week, and I told you your guy Hunt said that every year you've got Mahomes, you've got to go for it. Yes. So here's my guy, Ben Albright, uh, on a freaking podcast. And they're talking about the mess in Phoenix and that D-Hop is going to get released uh, or traded. You know, something's going to happen. And that Kansas City is the number one destination for D-Hop. And I'm thinking... Here's Hunt again, and here's like, and, and and basically this is what they were missing. By the way, they're kind of missing that number one wide receiver. Yeah, but can you imagine DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey? Okay, and let me tell you something. I still think the Florida kid can be special as hell. I think that's oh. going to be a steal of a move when it's all said and done for the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I think he has number one potential on him. If if that kid screws his head on right and stays away from the injuries, right? The injuries have That's kind of been, yeah. Kind of, but you see the flashes there. I'm just saying, dude. That's ridiculous. If they get D Hop, wow. Uh yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, he's got a two year, thirty four million dollar deal, and none of it's guaranteed at this juncture. So for the Chiefs, he'd make two one year deals, and uh, they have more than enough draft picks. They have eleven or twelve picks. So they have they have enough picks to do whatever they want. I think look, if the Chiefs go out and get him, it's kind of like when they I mean, he's look, he's not Tyree Kill at the structure of his career, but it's it's the same idea of it's still number one, right? Number you, one. You, exactly, right. It's the same idea that you can't just double Kelsey and say beat us anywhere else. Okay, well we will beat you somewhere else if you're the Chiefs, right? You're sitting there going, all right, fine. You know, we'll have, we'll throw to Hopkins. Um, now they won the Super Bowl even without that guy on the outside. It didn't it didn't stop them doing that but um they are willing to make big moves and spend money they don't care they are they are able to do that because of the ownership but also i always equate brett beach he's a big game hunter they don't hunt small like when they go out and they want to make a move they typically they try to make a big move i mean that's just what if you think about what they've done in the past orlando brown big trade frank clark big trade sammy Watkins. when they signed him was a big right. sign Okay, right. 
Um, the, Anthony Hitchens at the time was one of the richest contracts for a linebacker ever. Now you could argue that, that they overpaid for him, but they, they went out and they made a big move there. Um, we'll see about Tony, how that plays out. But they, they believe in going out, you know, to get Mahomes. They had to trade up. They made a huge move up from 27 to 10 to get him. Like Veach believes in, if there's a guy you want, if there's a need to be filled, go get the best guy. Like they did that with Joe Tooney. They paid him a record setting deal for a guard. Like they they don't believe in half measures and piecemealing. They believe in you go get the guy, period. And this Tyron Matthew, another example. Um, and it has obviously served them very well. Um, but Hopkins on that team would be oh my God. Uh, good luck. I, no, I not only that, not only that, the guys you won with this year become that much better. Right. Because now everybody, every, now they're slotting down in the depth. Because now you got to worry about the two monsters. Yes. You got to worry about Hopkins and you got to worry about Kelsey. The, your entire defenses will be focused on that. You know what I mean? And by the way, they also didn't have really a, a dominating running game either. They had a serviceable running game. If Pacheco takes that next step too yeah. next year, oh my God, you know, because you know Pacheco's a man next year. Like they're not screwing around with that, I'm sure. No. Well, it was funny. So um, one of my, my friends in the business, Nate Taylor, who does great work, who covers the Chiefs for the Athletic, he he reported um, that they're they're unlikely to pick up the fifth-year option in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, well, yeah, because they watched Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> so I say Pacheco, they're like, we don't need the fifth-year option on Clyde edwards If they could trade him right now for a seventh-round pick, they'd do it. You, just, mean, they, said, you they, just said it, dude. They have 11 picks. They can go get another young back. This no, is not no, a league. This is not a league where you give a running back a second contract unless he's a monster, right? And Edwards-Alaire has been, unfortunately for him, hurt. And when he's been on the field, he's been okay. But like you're not going out of your mind to sign him. And Pacheco's just a much better player. I mean, at this yeah. point, Pacheco's a much better player. And on top of that, it's you know the one thing that Edwards-Alaire doesn't do that really hurts him. He doesn't block. And McKinnon blocks. And so the, the, the McKinnon's way more valuable to them than Clyde Edwards-Alaris. So I think they'll just bring him back. But the point being, no, listen, that offense, yeah, they bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they they now create a problem where they could go – even if they don't bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, which if they trade for Hopkins, I think they would, you could then go three wide with, with you know, Hopkins, Tony, and either MVS or Sky Moore, um, and then have Kelsey and Pacheco on the field with them. So – you do a lot of things. I mean, they have uh, – they're not hurting for talent. Let's put it that way. And if they add DeAndre Hopkins, who had 700 some odd yards this year, and I think it was 10 or 11 games, and half those games he didn't even play with Kyler Murray, uh, he he still has it. He can still play at an elite level, and, and whoever gets him is going to get a hell of a player. Uh, Jalen Carter, brother. Yeah. Holy crap. Not good. Yeah, no, I know he was supposed to talk at 1030, and obviously – I'm sure his agent said, uh, get away from that podium. <laughs> uh, you went home. Yeah, no. Uh, what the hell is going on here, dude? Because this is this is one that uh, teams aren't going to touch now. You know, on one hand, they're like, look, from a football perspective, the two misdemeanors, and although somebody, you know, two people tragically died in this, he didn't like directly, in, you know, he wasn't directly involved in the sense of, you know, it wasn't like with, with Henry Ruggs, where right. Henry Ruggs was directly involved in, in that poor woman's passing. But 
He contributed. Exactly. You're racing with somebody at well into the wee hours of the morning. That person is almost, in fact, actually is more than double the legal limit. Okay. Uh, 0.19. And two people lose their lives in this. The, the Georgia staffer who was behind the wheel and then and then a player who was who was involved as as a, as a passenger as well, an offensive lineman. Um, and then on top of that, and I think this is very notable, in September, at least according to Pro Football Talk, the article I read, he got a citation for going 89 and a 45. Right. So this is a this is a pattern of just ridiculous decision making. And now, of course, the most recent thing tragically results in two people losing their lives. And if you're an NFL team, are you taking a top five pick and using it on Jalen Carter right now? I mean, how do do you square that? How do you square that? And look, look, this shouldn't matter, but it matters. He's not a quarterback. He's not not a a premium position player. He's a D tackle. And I know people say that shouldn't factor in. This is the NFL. All of it factors in. From a football perspective, it matters that he's not a premium position player. But I think even if he was, even if he was, something that that is this bad and, and involved in something so tragic and so serious, I think every team is going to pause and say, okay, until we figure out exactly what went down and exactly who you are, and we can figure out everything that went on in Georgia for all those years, we got we to gotta press pause here. And, I, and that, that is not the place you want to be on March 1st, the draft process, if you're Jalen Carter. No, no. I mean, this is wow, – it's a scary situation. And, yeah. And the worst part, you know, he kind of made it worse by lying and all that. So then you also know that he cannot be trusted because he's not even going to be accountable. And that's another – characteristic that you have to question with him there's lying there's deceiving there's a lot of character issues going on you know with Jalen Carter and again you 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 contributed to to two people yes. dying in yes. all of this you were so, involved in the crash in, in an indirect way if you want to say that yeah no I mean yeah it's you were kind of part of it if, if you decide not to race right there's a good chance everybody's living you know what I'm saying? And so, and like you just said, the the other infraction kind of shows, okay, this guy has a pattern of making, you know, bad decisions. Gotcha. And then when it, you know, and by the way, the PR side of it is a mess that, for, for any team now at this point. I just finished doing my podcast and I said, if you're a team that picks him, instead of being able to go up to the podium afterwards and go, we got Jalen Carter. Now it's like, okay, how do we approach this? How do we present him to the media, to the fan base? What do we do? That's not the place you want to be in. No. If you're an NFL team. Okay. Now, I'm not dumb. I've been around this league long enough. He is an incredibly talented player. And if nothing more comes out, you and I both know he's still he's still going to get drafted fairly high. Some team's going to take him because some team is going to say, look, he has an all-pro level talent, and we need a D-tackle. And we're going to take him and we'll deal with the PR hit and we'll move on. And that is sounds cold, but that's reality in the NFL. I mean, that something look at what just happened. Okay. And this is a totally different situation, but like when Deshaun Watson was being accused by at first a few women and then literally dozens of women. Okay. 
there was a bidding war to trade for him. Like, it, it, the teams didn't even care what it looked like. It was like, look, we, he's a quarterback. We can go. Now, he's a quarterback. As I said earlier, that's why I made the delineation. Like, he's a quarterback. That's different than a defensive tackle. But you're going to still have a team if nothing more comes out and it's these two misdemeanors, as awful as the situation is, teams are going to justify it by saying, hey, look, he's learned, he's grown, we're going to help him, so on and so forth. You and I both know that's coming. Oh, yeah. Which team's going to do it? And at what draft position are they going to do it? Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, second round. All right, uh, let's get to this. Um, Byron Jones, speaking of former Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, Byron now wants to tell us that the pills and that football are bad for you. Wow, I, you know, Matt, I, I never knew that. I, I was just enlightened by that. And then he says he can't run and jump, but he's not retired yet. It just sounds to me like a guy making excuses and trying to play the PR game early on since he knows he's going to get released eventually. And so he's kind of trying to get, I don't know, in some good graces or something like that. But I, I just found it kind of odd. Uh, by now, players don't have to tell us that football is bad for them. And if they took pills or Toradol or whatever – no shit, Sherlock. You're like, we all know, dude. I mean, it's it's all out there. Nothing, you know, it's like I've said a hundred times before you come on. The coal miners got to know his lungs are not going to be the same 10 years down the line. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The teacher's got to know that her sanity may not be the same 20 years after teaching. You know what I'm saying? There is damage to be done in anything that you do. You're working a jackhammer every day. Well, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to have some shoulder problems or something. You know what I'm saying? There are sacrifices to be made. You put your life on the line every day as a cop or a fireman. You know, I mean, give me a break, dude. You know, it just, I, I just found it like, you know, but your my, my feeling on it is like, look, if that's the case, I feel awful for Byron Jones. At the same point, though, like, then don't take the pills. Then don't, I mean, I mean, you have you have that right. I mean, you don't have to do it. And like, this is not this is not the 1970s where you know guys in baseball were just taking a bunch of greenies, just walking out, you know, like, ah, what the hell, and you grabbed a handful of them. Like you now have as a as an NFL player, really as a professional athlete in this country, like you have so many resources outside of even the locker room. I mean, every, how many players have their own nutritionist and have their own chef? I mean, there are a lot of guys. Who, like, they don't go anywhere without a lot of these guys, right? I mean, they there is so much that goes into this. Then, okay, if you're in that much pain, like, I respect the fact you tried to play and everything else, but at the same point, then there, there has to be a level of self-accountability to some degree here. Like, okay, then don't do it. Now, if you want to have the conversation that the NFL shouldn't be able to, you know, you want to, you want to ban some of these things in XCBA agreement. You want to say, hey, look, you can't give a player this, can't give a player that. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm here for that conversation. That's fine. But at the same juncture, like, look, when you go to the NFL, you know what you're signing up for. I mean, that is, the, you're gonna, you're gonna make millions in, in, if you're, if you're a good player. You're gonna have a pension that lasts you the rest of your life. But. It is a cold, calculated business, and it is a business where you're going to leave a pounder to a flesh on the field. You're just going to do it. It Forever. is going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, look, I've talked – and this is – maybe Byron Jones wouldn't agree with this, and that's fine. 
I've talked to a lot of players over the years who played in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and I've asked them, you know, how many surgeries have you had? And a lot of, in a lot of cases, it's in numbers in the 20s, okay? Do you deal with pain? Yeah, I deal with pain every day. Do you regret playing? Nope. Do it all over again. 90 plus percent of the guys I've spoken to, I think it's a fair estimate, which, no, I miss it. I wish I could play one more than, I mean, you know, what is the trade that you make for that? So maybe some guys say, look, man, especially guys, you know, with head issues probably would say it wasn't worth it. Fair enough. But a lot of guys have a shoulder problem, their hip hurts. Would you play again? Yeah, I would play again. I'd do it all again. I wish I could have played one more year. I interviewed Joe Montana at Radio Road Super Bowl. And Joe Montana, I mean, he had, he had a lot of injuries in his career, right? Back. Serious yeah. injuries, back injuries, all this stuff, elbow injuries. And he told me one of his biggest regrets was he didn't play one more season. <laughs> Joe Montana won four Super Bowls. Right. He was like, yeah, we, we should have won one in Kansas City. I wish I had played one more year. You know, it's like, so, look, I get it. And I feel for Byron Jones at the same point. There is a an understood price that – you're going to pay if you go out and you do those types of things. And I feel for him, but I also get that that's reality in the NFL. Just yeah. I mean, dude, you, you could go back and look at North Dallas 40 in the eighties and some guys are shooting up. And then there's that running back that turns to Nick Nolte and says, Oh man, that's not good for you. That this, that, and then he ends up shooting up and he ends up blowing out his career at the end of the, at the end of that movie. Sorry if I ruined a 45-year-old movie for some of you out there. But uh, but my point is, it's like we've known this for decades now. Like, it's, you know, part of the game, dude. You know, you're going to unfortunately sacrifice pieces of your body if you want to play this game. That's just the way it is. And, and listen, I get what they miss, man. It's like, it's like being a gladiator. Yeah. You're in that arena and everybody's cheering for you. And then... The second it stops, dude, stops. life is you, – you never have that high again. That's something that you cannot match. So I understand these athletes and entertainers when they walk away from that kind of a spotlight because that's what puts you in that spotlight. You were a kid somewhere and you performed somewhere and a couple hundred people cheered for you and you like said, wow, this is super cool. And yep. you turned it into thousands and millions. You know what I mean? The day Messi retires, like, oh, my God, how does he replace that? You know, he can't. Yeah. You can't. You know, when the I, whole world knows who you are and cheering you on or going against you or all that, and then you're, you know, you're 55 years old, quiet in your life, and you'll never be able to replace it. So I know it's a it's a void, a, a huge void, and I get it. And But part of that void is a sacrifice. You know what? That's it. An athlete once okay. told me that, you know, in, in our industry, and he was speaking for us, you know, talking about players, said we, we die twice in life. We die when we retire, and then we die when we die. And, you know, I mean, there's a, if you go and look, and I don't, I don't want to say the exact rate because I don't have it in front of me, but there's a pretty high, like, divorce rate for players in the first five years after they leave because guys are just they're depressed. I mean yeah. – Think about if you did something your whole life that you were great at. And I don't mean – I mean great. You are one of the best in the world. I don't care if you're the worst player in the NFL. You're one of the best players in the world. That's right. And you get to that point, you've put all the time in. And, you know, we always think about the Tom Brady's in the world. But a lot of these guys, they don't get to choose when they retire. It's a short career, man. You, you played four years, five years, six years, and you want to keep going, but nobody calls and there's nowhere else to go. And they kind of – you they retire you most yes. of the time. Okay? Yes, yes. Most NFL players don't have a Terry press conference. 
Most NFL players, they get retired. They get put out the pasture. And a lot of those guys, like, how do you deal with that? You know, I mean, and, and frankly, and I think I think the NFLPA has done a good job of helping guys over the last 20 years better with this. But a lot of people, you know, they, they finish playing. It's like, what do I do now? What the hell do I do? Like, I, I never thought about, you know, being out of football at 28. And I got to figure out. I think a lot of times you have these people who think to themselves, you know, as fans, like, well, this guy made millions. A lot of guys don't make millions, man. A lot of guys make 550 grand a year. And then guess what? After taxes, they made 300 grand a year. And then they got to pay their agent and they got to pay their nutritionist and they got to pay the, they got to, they got to trainer. Yeah. Trainer. They got to send some money back to their family. Right. Cause maybe they came out of a tough situation. And all of a sudden that 550 grand looks a lot more like 90. Okay. Right. And that doesn't do you a whole hell of a lot of good. When you did it for four years or five years, or maybe you did it for three years and you didn't get a pension. Like the NFL in any professional sport, it is a short time for most guys. And you're right. And you chase that feeling if you're one of these athletes for the rest of your life. Uh, I guess no surprise from McDaniel or Greer. Uh, everybody's expecting the whole Tua decision. And in the end, you know, uh, I, I always have some of our Dolphin guys on too. And Poopar convinced me because I said, oh, give him the fifth-year option. What the hell? Just in case he balls out, you save yourself money. But – whether you give it to him or you don't, you still have control over him with the tag. Right. So you can stretch things out to six years anyways, one way or the other, or you can free yep. yourself. So in the end, this is not really that big of a decision one way or the other because the Dolphins still have total control. Yeah, if you're the Dolphins, look, you're not in a rush to make a decision. I mean, the reality of it is you're not in a rush. Now, do I think they should option, you know, exercise the option? I do, but here's the risk with this. So – a lot of times, for people who are unaware, you exercise that fifth-year option because the only risk as a team you have is it's an injury guarantee. Well, with Tua, that's a big risk. Like, with a lot of guys, you're like, well, we'll just exercise it because then we have control and we can always just cut the guy and we don't have to worry about it as long as he's healthy. If Tua gets that fifth-year option and he gets hurt again, now you've got a big chunk of money sitting on your cap and it's injury guaranteed. So the Dolphins have got to figure it out. I mean, the Dolphins could theoretically take the risk of saying, look, we're going to decline the option. We're going to play out next year. And if Tua plays well, we still got two tags to use on him if need be. Right now, they could also take on the fifth-year option, and then that gives you an extra year of control. But I think if you're Miami, you got to be okay with his health, number one. Number two – do you feel, with everything factored in, his health, his play, everything, do you feel like he's the kind of guy, the kind of player, that you want to sign to a long-term five, six-year contract? Or do you want to just go year to year for the next three or four years and then maybe move on? That That is the question facing Greer right now. And uh, not an easy one, but at least right now, he's the number one rated quarterback. So at least you've got a pretty good quarterback if he can stay healthy. You know, now you've uh, now you got to shore up everything else and, and hopefully uh, keep him, you know, uh, keep him upright. All right. Tell him about stacking the box, my brother. Uh, hey, listen, so this is actually going to be a little uh, interesting. I just recorded my last stack in the box. I am uh, going to a new job on Monday. Uh, which we can talk about on a Wednesday. I don't want to step on fan-sided's toes. 
But my last day at Fantasy is on Friday. So I'm going to a new place, still covering the NFL. I'm going to be doing national coverage. Um, it's what we talked about before, right? It is what we talked about. Yes. Okay. You know. You know. You're in on the seat. I'm happy for you. I'm happy thank for you. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you. We'll, 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 uh, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. But uh, that said, still check out Sack the Box. So that podcast is going to continue with my good friend Sterling Holmes who's hosting it. Um, and it's every Tuesday and so on and so forth. And so um, – Definitely check it out. Definitely um, make sure to, to, to subscribe to it. And uh, you're supporting the best people over there. They're, they're awesome. I can't say enough good things about the company and the people involved. Uh, but, yeah, for me, you're going to have to kind of wait and see. On Wednesday, we'll talk about I will be going to a different company with a different podcast. And so you can you can follow me there as I as I have a new place to annoy you from. So that's good. That's good. I, uh, I'm glad to do it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam, and then you'll uh, you'll see the news develop well, no. there also uh, on Twitter. Matt, uh, we'll catch up uh, maybe tonight. Uh, we'll see you. I'll, I'll give you a text. And, yeah, uh, shoot me a text, man. I'm we'll going to work the streets. Uh, get, uh, get, get a shrimp cocktail and, uh, and yes. you know, watch people in the NFL eat uh, while they drink $500 bottles of wine. It's, yeah, and it won't be us. It will, not sure. be us no. it will not be us. <laughs> All right, Matt. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, Thank you. Time, you got it. Hey, Red Recover right now, 30% off all the wraps still going on. Go to redrecover.com, elbows, shoulders, neck, you name it, bottom of your feet. My wife uses that one. For those of you that stand a lot, uh, the hat, getting ready to get that thing uh, approved by the FDA. Those of you that have reached out to redrecover.com and, you know, you hit the contact us and say you want the hat. They'll tell you about it if you want to, you know, hopefully help your hair grow uh, like I have. So many things. They have the wrap for the face, for the crow's feet, for the ladies, and here also. So, you know, ladies worry about those wrinkles. Uh, you can use the wraps for that. I mean, the uh, red light therapy has been around, and redrecover.com has really done it in an incredibly affordable way. So you can help if you have that tennis or pickleball elbow or your knees are hurting, or you got back, shoulder, an old injury, an old surgery, go to redrecover.com and use the, and it, well, I don't even think you need the code big O. You get 30% off right now as the sale is going on. We step out of the huddle. This has been The Huddle with NFL reporter Matt Verderam. RedRecover.com helps pros and everyday warriors heal on the go with their medical-grade, highly specialized devices designed for each area of the body. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Right, right, right. We are awaiting Skylar Thompson. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. All right. Um, hold on. We are waiting. We are waiting. Um, Okay, I am in contact with them. We are uh, waiting for Skylar Thompson to uh, join us. 
on Le Programme. We'll have some fun with Skyler here and uh, talk all things Miami Dolphins and talk about his offseason uh, going on. So we are uh, awaiting here. Let me just see make sure because I'm kind of in contact with them right now. I'm trying to make sure. Kind of love, I got to love live, right? So hopefully he'll be popping in soon. Uh, let's see, just check my Bitcoin, 23.7, climbing up. Let's hope uh, we get to uh, 24, 25,000 very soon. Uh, remember, folks, you can uh, make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show at Cash App or Venmo. Uh, if you want to uh, make a donation to the program, uh, Jayhawk says, Big O, I think Skyler was the only QB last year that actually overthrew uh, Hill. Um, accuracy is important, sir. Just so you'll know. Silly points don't help anybody. Okay? Just so you'll know. That's not really an accomplishment, overthrowing somebody. That means you weren't accurate. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Let's bring him aboard the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Skyler Thompson. Kind enough to join us now on the program. Bring him aboard. There we go. Skyler, how you doing, my man? You doing good? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's my pleasure uh, bringing you on and having some fun. So how, how is your offseason so far? It's been so good. It's been so good. Um definitely a different uh a different a different life than i'm used to of having some free time for the first time in a long time um but it's been really good it's been really enjoyable to get away for a little bit um you know kind of go travel a little bit see my friend see some cool areas um you know take some time off i really i really needed that so um it's it's been enjoyable. I've been having a good time. And by the way, Skyler is going to have an event. Uh, it's uh, Skyler Thompson. You can a night with Skyler Thompson, benefiting the Thompson Family Fund for Cancer Research at the Johnson Cancer Center. And this is going to be in Manhattan, Kansas. So for our listeners there in the Midwest, it'll be at Goolsby at twelve twelve Bluemont Avenue, Suite one thirty in Manhattan, Kansas. It'll be this Saturday. March 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. So get on out there and you can find out more. A Night with Skylar Thompson. And uh, you can uh, check it out. And uh, Skylar, so let me ask you something. You know how imperfect the world was last year. Okay, because to me, you know, there's like this, there's these people questioning the dolphin season and how good are they and all this kind of crap. And to me, it was just a whole bunch of bad luck for you guys. Mm -hmm. I think if you all were healthy, uh, look how injury riddled you were. And you could have won that game against the Bills in the playoffs. So I, I don't know how you view it. But to me, it was one of those imperfect seasons that anything and everything that could go wrong went wrong. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Do you view it that way? Because I think you guys are a hell of a team when healthy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we definitely got the, what do they call the Murphy's law? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it did feel like we just had an unfortunate 
injury or, you know, it was just one thing after the another um, that just made it challenging for us. Um, you know, but I think all things considering that, you know, obviously like we didn't, the expectations that we had on the season um, and probably that everybody did, it didn't, you know, quite plan out that way, but I still think there's a lot of, a lot of things to, to hang our hat on and to build on uh, moving forward. And, you know, that that's, that's part of football though, you know, injuries are part of the game and, you know, people have to step up uh, when their numbers are called. And, you know, I felt like people, people did that. And we put ourselves in a position to, to make the playoffs um, and have a chance to, to beat the bills, you know, um, like you said, I think that was the, um, a really frustrating and tough loss because we felt like we should have won that game, um, but we didn't. Um, but it's all about what you, what you learn from those experiences and how you use those experiences moving forward to benefit you and benefit us as a team moving forward in an organization. And I think it was beneficial for us to experience that hurt, experience that frustration, um, as long as we use it in the right way, which I, I truly 100% believe we got the right coaches. We got, we got everything. We got everything you can ask for. It's just about coming together and, and to keep working, keep trusting the process and um, using that, that ending to the season last year as motivation going into this next year. And I agree with you a thousand percent on that. And, and, and listen, the imperfect world was the, was the positive for you because mm -hmm. in a way, you know, in a perfect world, the seventh round pick, third string quarterback does not even see the field. Okay. Mm -hmm. After preseason, which you had a phenomenal preseason, in a perfect world, you don't see it. The imperfect world put Skylar Thompson on the field a whole bunch. And that was a blessing for you now because, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about this new offseason for you and having time. Man, you are blessed because now you're going into next season with experience under your belt. And to mm -hmm. me, dude, that's that's a huge blessing, Skyler. Yes, yeah. You know, and I, I touched on it after the Bills game. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've always had a great perspective on things. Um, and even in the midst of some tough times, tough feelings, whatever the, the – the case may be I've, I've always been able to see through that and see the the blessings, see the positive things. And, you know, I was completely aware, you know, being a seventh round pick, you know, a lot of people didn't say, I mean, coming out of the draft was saying I was going to be very lucky just to make the practice squad, you know, and yeah. here, here I was, I started three games. I played in six or seven games um, and, and started a, a playoff game versus a team that was preseason projected to win the Super Bowl, you know? Um, and, you know, I, that's always, like, I've always believed that I can do those things. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, I was in a position where it was going to take, you know, something happening for me to get those opportunities. And obviously that's never what you want um, as a teammate is to see the, a person get hurt. Um, for you to get those opportunities. But it, like I said earlier, it's, it's just part of the game. And in my position and my role, uh, it was my job to, to be ready whenever my number was called, you know? And I truly believe that every experience that I got to experience last year was so beneficial to me. And I mean, you really, you really named the situation. I experienced it last year as a rookie. And yeah. um, 
you know, there's so many blessings to take from that. You know, I didn't take anything for granted. Um, I understand, you know, there, there's guys in this league that, that especially at the quarterback position, play 10 to however many years and don't get that opportunity to, to start a playoff game, you know. And for me to get that opportunity as a rookie, uh, I, was, I was very fortunate and very blessed. Um, and it definitely has me excited going into year two, knowing what to expect, knowing what everything's going to look like, having my second year in this system, um, you know, to where it's not all brand new to me. I think that's really going to help me moving forward. Is that what they talk about when the process slows down for you? Is that what they say that as you get more experience, and I'm sure that's anything in life. I don't care if you're an electrician. I don't care if you're a football player. I don't care if you're a policeman. As you experience things and you get to do them over again, your mind all of a sudden takes over instead of that 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 uh, that paranoia, that excitement that you're you're trying to attack something. It kind of slows down for you. How how, how do you get to that point? Yeah, just like you said, experience is everything. And the more that you experience something, just uh, the natural, natural confidence and thought process, like all of that just kicks in even more to where the game slows down. And you can't, you can't simulate game reps, you know, and especially I mean, a wild card game on the road in Buffalo, one of the toughest places to play. The way I look at it, like, I mean, it's not going to get much harder than that, you know. And that gives me a lot of confidence moving forward of, of just knowing knowing what that feeling's like, knowing knowing what everything is, what it takes to, to be prepared, what it takes to, to be a starter in the NFL, you know. And that was a process for me all last year that I was just trying to – I was trying to learn, you know, and I would take notes on what Tua did. I would take notes on what Teddy did and, you know, that helped me. But I also needed to find like what what clicks for me, what makes me feel prepared, what makes me feel ready. And I really, truly felt like by the end of the season, like I was able to find a process and a routine that I felt like really suited me to where when game day came, I was ready and I was confident and you know, at this position, at the quarterback position, that's the that's the most important thing is is being prepared and being confident. And a lot of that is built up through your preparation throughout the week. And I think that me, me getting those experiences and getting to feel what that felt like is really, really going to help me, really, really help me moving forward. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Quarterback Skyler Thompson of the Miami Dolphins joining us, and uh, Skyler. You, you talked about it. Oh, you'll be lucky to make a practice squad. That's kind of what they told you. Well, you shined in the preseason. The team said, no, we got to give you a roster spot. And you're on the roster, and there you go, and you end up in a bunch of games. You start a playoff game. So, obviously, it's like a drug. You're going to want more. Mm-hmm. So, you're not going to want to be the number three again. You're going to want to be at least the number two. Well, mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel talked yesterday here at the Combine, because I'm in Indianapolis here covering the Combine, and he talked about how he's going to bring in some competition, you know, for you. How much are you looking forward to that competition? Because now you're not just competing for a roster spot, a practice squad spot. Now you're going to get a little hungrier. You're going to want a little bit more of that slice of the pie. 
you're going to be comp competing against somebody else to move up on that roster. How, how much do you look forward to doing that? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's nature to the game. Um, I've always believed the, the more competition there is, the better it makes the team. And, you know, that that excites me because um, I, lo I love to compete. I love competition. And, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way because I know that's going to bring the best out of me. Um, but I'm going to approach this year just like I did last year as far as just control the things that I can control, you know, and and not not look to my left, not look to my right, not look what's behind me. Just just focus on what's in front of me and focus on where my feet are at and just being the best me that I can be every day, being the best teammate, the best leader, um, the best quarterback that I can be every single day and just putting my best foot forward, you know, and I truly believe like I do that, you know, no matter what happens, like good things are going to fall into place. And uh, that, that, that excites me. And uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm ready to, whenever the time comes to get back at it and, and get to get to compete, you know, and that, that's, that's going to be fun. Let's find out a couple things that Skylar Thompson learned this season. First of all, I thought Teddy Bridgewater would be an incredible hard drive for Tua and yourself because you're you're talking about got a guy that's walking in with a boatload of starting you know experience. So what was the biggest lesson when you plugged in you know your USB port into that hard drive from Teddy Bridgewater? Give me the top lesson you learned from Teddy Bridgewater this year. Yeah, I mean. Teddy, Teddy was a great asset um, to have around. And on top of that, I thought he was even a better person um, to me and mentor. Um, and he did a lot of things to help me and he didn't really have to do that, you know? Um, but, you know, just, just spreading wisdom to, to me of what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, you know, how to be prepared uh, throughout the week, things to, to do to help your body feel good to help your mind feel good going into a game. Um, I, I, I try to watch him as much as I possibly could, because I knew, like you said, like he's a, it was, it was year nine for him. He's been in the league. He's had success. He's been around some of the greats, you know, Drew Brees for a while in, in new Orleans. Um, so he's been there and he's done it and he's seen it. And so I knew that was really important for me to, to really, really dissect what he did. Um, and, and use use what I learned from him that I thought applied to me uh, to help me be the best quarterback that I possibly can be. So he was definitely a great asset for our whole quarterback room. I know Tua Tua would would uh, would say some of the same things. Like he he does, he he helped our whole room from his perspective and his understanding of the game and what he's experienced throughout his career. What'd you learn most from that playoff game against the Bills about yourself? Yeah, you know I. I learned a, I learned a ton. You know, I was I was very proud of the way that I fought and the way that um, I competed. Um, there was obviously like some plays that I wish I could have back, um, but that's going to be every game. Um, but I think for me, it's just understanding like situational football and knowing when when is the right time to take a chance and when is the right time to to make the safe throw and just punt you know um i think that was the biggest takeaway for me is just uh, i felt like there was a couple times where i was trying to make a play um 
and, and maybe trying to do too much. And it put our team in, in some tough situations. And, um, you know, but all of that is, is, is great learning, you know? Um, and, and, and saying that, like, we had a chance to win, you know? And I, there's nobody in this that I wanted to win that game so bad. And I did everything that I possibly could to do that. And walking off the field, I, I always like try to have that, that feeling of walking off the field, knowing like win or lose, I gave it everything I got. I was prepared. I competed and I, I did everything I could possibly do in my power to help the team win. And I had that feeling walking off the field and you know, that that's, that's a freeing feeling, you know, and just not having regrets and, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way that you want them to, but that doesn't define doesn't define me as a winner or as a loser. You know, the scoreboard oh, no. doesn't always reflect reflect that. So, I took some time after the season to really reflect on that and really think about that. Um, and like I said on, on multiple questions you asked, it's given me given me a lot of perspective and and excitement for the future, for sure. You talked a little bit about, you know, you take you took some chances and then there's some plays you, you want to get back. But that's the real bitch of a quarterback is you can't be conservative either, especially yeah. in this league, because then you'll be at the end of the game going, you'll be regretting chances that you didn't take. And yeah. so if you don't have an aggressive mindset, you're toast in this league. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those balances that it, it's really difficult at your position more than any other position on the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, I mean, just like you said, win or lose the quarterback position, you're going to get more credit than you deserve when you win. And you're going to get more blame for a loss than you probably deserve as well. But that's the nature of the position. And that's what I love about the position is I love that um, my teammates and there's so many people relying on me to do my job in order for us to win and that always excites me and ever since i was a little kid that's that's what i've i've loved so much about playing the position is i, I love that pressure i love the expectations um because there's 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 nobody that has higher expectations for me than myself and um you know that that's what makes it that's what makes it so fun that's what makes it so fun and and really um inspires me moving forward because at this position there's always things to learn from there's always things to build off of and there's always things to get better at and that that is what's exciting is there, there's always more there's always more you can tap into and always more you can get better at and that's what i'm really looking forward to tapping into this offseason and really working at Skyler, this is my 33rd year covering the dolphins how old are you i'm 25 okay <laughs> so as and I'm born and raised in South Florida. So as a South Florida lifelong resident fan of sports and obviously media member, but I'm, I'm the media member that tells you openly I root for the Dolphins, Marlins, Panthers, Heat, Canes, Inter Miami. I'm a hometown guy. So I want all my local teams to win. But I live with regrets, my brother. A couple yeah. years ago, the Heat were in the bubble. Bam and Goron got injured. They were playing so well, they might have been able to beat the Lakers, you know? So I got to live with that. I got to live with some bad referees against the University of Miami and Ohio State. 
which I think they should have won the title then. You were really young at that time. But <laughs> and then I gotta live with fourth and one. And I gotta tell you, dude. If you guys convert that fourth and one, and I know that there was a, a, a miss, you know, mismanagement on the sideline. They they thought it was uh, they thought it was third down and it was fourth down, and McDaniel got caught up in the play and they came in late and all that, and it became fourth and six. Fourth and one, dude. Yeah. If you convert that fourth and one, I feel like you're winning the game. Do do you live with that same regret that I do? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be lying to you if I said no. Um, and I think everybody on our team would say the same thing. Right. Um, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was such a weird situation. And there's no, there's no finger to point to blame any one person. Um, other than I will still to this day, I'll take full responsibility of it because, you know, I'm, I'm the leader of the huddle and commanding that thing. Um, but I will say our, our whole team thought we got a first down. And so even myself, I was already getting ready for the next first and 10 call. Um, you know, and I think that's what was taking place on the sideline as well. And then, okay, then it, it was saying that we were short. So then we were like, okay, they're going to measure it at least. But then, okay, now they're not. And now we're trying to switch personnel. Now we're trying to get a play call in. And it was, it was tough. Um, but yeah, no, that, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can always say this or say that, but it definitely felt like after I completed that, that third and 10 um, to waddle on the sideline and we got a positive play to, to get a good chunk that we are moving the ball in the right direction and that we're going to put ourselves in position to at least tie it, you know? So like I said, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, the best thing, you know, we can all do is just learn from that experience and, you know, just help prepare ourselves for the for the future if it ever presents itself again. Uh, let me talk about your charity. Before I do that, the three games that you played against the Bills this year, in this era of where the Bills are at with Josh Allen, where the Dolphins have been, the Dolphins have never played the Bills that way. And mm -hmm. I feel like you could have been easily 3-0 and because three weeks before, if he doesn't leave with, you know, if, if they were playing, you were playing lights out. And mm – -hmm that I think you would have won three weeks before that if, you know, mm -hmm. if stuff doesn't get derailed there either. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things that to me, when I start to look at this, you guys have really cut the gap and that, you know, if luck is on your side this year and you can stay away from the damn injury bug, mm -hmm. I really like your chances, man, of, of winning this division and being a player in, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, that's that's one thing that we we set our goals high at the beginning of the season and had high expectations, and we wanted to we wanted to close the gap uh, with that. And, you know, we have a really good division. I mean, we got, we got some really good team that's very competitive. Um, but, you know, we the, – the, the Bills are a really, a really good team. Um, and – we were just excited. We were excited uh, every time we, we had the opportunity to play those guys because we knew it was, we were going to get their best and that we were going to play our best. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's exciting for us moving forward because I think, like what I was saying earlier, we got a taste of what that feels like and, and knowing that that if we we prepare throughout the week and, 
and play disciplined football and play together and play Miami Dolphin football, we can we can beat anybody, you know. And I think that was something very encouraging for us moving forward. Now the challenges for us is to be consistent with that throughout the whole season. You know, obviously we had some ups and downs of win streaks, lose streaks, win streaks, lose streaks, you know, like we we have to even that playing field out. And I think a lot of that just just stems to us being consistent on a daily to day on a day to day basis. And um, you know, not looking ahead, not looking behind and just focusing on one week at a time. By the way, Scott is gonna have an event this Saturday, March fourth, the night with Skylar Thompson. You can join him out there. It's benefiting the Thompson Family Fund for Cancer Research at the Johnson Cancer Research Center. Uh, the tickets will include access into Goolsby's, includes the sports simulator and duck pin bowling, two drink tickets, dinner provided by the Cox Brothers Barbecue, silent auction, live music, meet and greet, of course, with Skyler. You can buy your tickets. They'll have an auction that night, obviously, which is all benefiting a great cause. And it'll all happen at Goolsby at 1212 Bluemont Avenue, Suite 130 in Manhattan, Kansas. Tell us why this means so much to you, my man. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've, I've shared my story quite a bit. And, you know, I, I still feel like I'm obviously getting, I'm still new to the Miami, the, the Dolphin community and the fan base. Uh, but yeah, just a brief background. Um, I lost my mother to breast cancer when I was a kid. Lost my grandfather to pancreatic cancer um, six months before her. Um, so I was, my life was really impacted uh, very early as a young kid by cancer. And, you know, two of the most influential people in my life at the time that I was very close with losing them. Um, man, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. And still to this day, 20 years later is, is really hard. Um, and I don't think, I don't think it'll ever get easier, you know? Uh, but as I've gotten older, I feel like I've gotten wiser and I've just learned how to, how to handle those feelings, how to handle those emotions and, and direct them towards the positive impact towards other people. And I truly believe that I was put through those things as a kid to, to spread love and have an impact on the community around me. And that, that's why I'm so open about sharing my story. Um, it, it's not for a sense of wanting people to feel sorry for me or, you know, all that type of stuff. Like I truly, I believe, you know, I know so many people in this world have been impacted by cancer in some way. And if I can share my story, and it can give one little kid in the community, no matter where they're at, some hope that you can still accomplish your goals. You can still accomplish your dreams throughout such a traumatic experience of losing a parent. And that, that's, what, that's what keeps me going every day is, is hoping and praying that I can, I can have an impact on, on someone in this world and give them life, give them hope that there are better days ahead. And so I teamed up with, with the Johnson Cancer Research Center out of K-State where I went to college and opened up a fund that benefits their research center. Uh, so basically all the money that we raise is, it, it goes directly to the research center. And um, like we give, last year we gave out a scholarship to two students that, that work in the center and then a professor as well. And then also any type of equipment, anything they need to assist their research, like that's what the money's for. And so I'm very passionate about it. It's, it's a very exciting, very awesome experience um, and event we got going on. It, it, it's a really cool deal. It's really cool uh, to have going on. And 
what I also want to touch on is we have a, a silent auction going yes, on on Saturday. Um, yeah, we have a silent auction and it, and you can access the silent auction through my Instagram link. Um, and it doesn't matter even if you're in Miami or wherever you're at listening to this, um, you can access and bid on the silent auction items from wherever you're at during that time. And we're going to have an Xavier Howard signed Jersey. We have a Tyreek Hill signed football helmet. We have Tua uh, signed a football. So we have some Dolphins players that have contributed, which means means the world to me. Um, and and so, yeah, so just tune in. Even if you can't make it, you know, you can donate as well from that link on my Instagram. Um, you know, and it, I'm not asking for much, you know, just whatever you're willing to contribute, whether it's 50 cents or $500, whatever the case may be, it, it's all going to a great cause. Um, and, it, and it means a lot to me. Uh, listen, um, everybody's been affected by cancer one way or another. We know a friend, we have a family member. So, and it's good that you talk about it because that, that inspires others to deal, you know, with that adversity the same way. So you're, you're an inspiration too in the process, because I think, I think we need to see other people kind of go through the same thing and see how they handle it because some people may not be handling it the right way. Mm -hmm. And they may not be able to find the courage or the strength to move on in the, in, you know, in the proper fashion. And if you're showing it or somebody else is doing it, then they build strength from that. So, you know, kudos yeah. to you, man. Yeah. Thanks all about, you know, okay. so it's uh, and by the way, thank you for taking some time with us and talking a little Dolphins football, man. We really appreciate it. And how about this? This is probably your first interview where you didn't get two questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in a way, yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, been. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured we'd do a Skyler Thompson interview. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. kind of what we did today. Skyler, thanks for taking some time, man. Wish you the best in the charity. We'll continue to plug it here on the show over the next couple of days so we can get people to participate and go to Skyler Thompson's Instagram page so you can find out more and take part of it. Even if you're not in the Manhattan, Kansas area, you can still donate all throughout the country and and help out a former Finn fighting for a current Finn fighting for a challenge out there that we're all trying to beat, bro. Mm -hmm. We we need to eliminate that C word from our lives, dude. Yeah, God it would be really really nice. Skyler, thank you for taking some time and appreciate. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. There you go, Skyler Thompson, man. Great interview. Appreciate the young man. Excellent. Gave us a, a lot of time. I told him it would be about ten minutes. It's it's hard, man. You start getting into it, there's some really good stuff to talk about and get his thoughts on it. And, you know, he feels the same way as I do about this damn Buffalo game. It, it, that, that Buffalo playoff game will bother me forever, bro. It'll bother me like some of the other things that have happened in, in South Florida sports history. You know what I mean? It's just one of those deals. I've lived – I've pretty much lived almost every heartbreak that's ever happened in South Florida. Because usually that stuff, yeah, I mean, we would have to go back to it. I was a kid for the first Super Bowl. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. But really those early 70s teams didn't have a lot of those ugly breaks like what, what I've talked about you know, in the last few years with, uh, with South Florida sports. So there you go. Oh, Dougie Fresh, I'm sorry. I could not get the question because we've, we've had him on for a while. So I had to, uh, I had to wrap it up already. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Skyler. Eric liked it. What else? Vic wants him to change his number. 
let's see what else. Um, that's it. Doesn't look like anything uh, out of here. Can we get a Tua interview? I will work on a Tua interview, but you know that's uh, that one's not easy. Although, out of all media members on the planet, I should be the first in line for a Tua interview, right? I mean, seriously, there's not another media member that's backed the kid up the way I have. None. So yeah, if you know. If uh, his agents are listening, his agency is listening. Yeah, this is the dolphin platform that he should go on. I'll be his his left tackle, his left left tackle. Okay, I'll stand next to Teron Armstead. I'll have Teron do all the heavy lifting. That's what I'll do. Uh, Dougie first says one of my favorite interviews you've done, particularly Skyler talking about his loss, his mother. And how he repurposed tragedy. Exactly. Yep. And he says, that's what I thought. If there's anyone who should give an interview to, it's you. Yeah, damn right. Uh, how was Tua's birthday party? Did you meet Rick Ross? <laughs> that's what you wanted me to ask. <laughs> EJ liked it. He says, awesome, engaging interview. Oh, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. He was fun. He was good. It was good. We, we got uh, some good stuff out of him. And, and again, go to his uh, Instagram page, A Night with Skylar Thompson. It benefits the Thompson Family Fund for Cancer Research at the Johnson Cancer Research Center. Uh, it'll be Saturday, March 4th. And when you hit the link, you'll you'll be able to, you know, there, buy tickets or the auction. Now, the auction, I'll tell you, starts in three days because it's not till Saturday when the auction happens. So then you can take part in the auction, but you can also make a donation to the Cancer Research Fund also. You can do that anywhere, wherever you're at in the world, watching or listening this show. So if you want to back up Skylar Thompson that way, hey, look, he's been backing up your favorite team, right? This is your time to be a backup and back him up, okay? How about that? That's how we do it here on the show. That's how we roll. By the way, EJD Construction, proud sponsor of our program. And this trip here to the Combine, we thank the people at EJD Construction and Sports Grill. They make it happen. And obviously, EJD Construction 305-433-4843. Go to EJDConstruction.com. Fully insured, liability, and workers' comp. We tell you about it all the time. And whatever it is you're looking to do, major home construction or custom home construction, you call the great people at EJD Construction. The owner's number is 305-433-4843. Call Eric and tell him that Big O sent you. I promise you they will take care of you. Uh, what else do we have that I have not talked about? Let me see. Skyler is definitely an inspiration, not only for a lot of these seventh round players, but people as well who have faced the same adversity he has faced when he was young. Amen. Alexis uh, says, sticks in your mind what last year could have been. I know. I know. 
bro, you win that game against the Bills, and it's a fantastic season. Like, you overcame all that shit, and you beat the Bills? Wow. And I swear to you, they get that fourth and one. I just had a feeling they were going to drive for a touchdown. I just feel like they had the momentum at that moment there. Yeah, I know. I'm a homer and blind-ass fan alert and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, Doug says, I will send my question to you then in writing. We are told to kill all of our little darlings. This means to stop doing what you are comfortable with. What you what did you have to lose to gain, evolve? Exactly. Uh, so there you go. But we will we will work on one day trying to get Tua on. Okay. We will definitely work on that. We gotta do that. By the way, KISS has announced their final tour. For you KISS fans out there. Because I know that Sean is dying to paint his face and go. But, you know, Kiss has been retiring for like 20 years. And Paul Stanley apparently is kind of mad that they keep adding dates because he kind of wants to end it already. Uh, I, I think you'll see Gene Simmons touring by himself with his own band. Uh, I think that uh, you'll see something like that, that they'll probably he'll probably do something. And he could sing more of the songs that, you know, like his stuff, Christine 16. I hope he does a world without heroes. I love that song. But anyway, uh, Kiss has officially announced the final show of their end of the road farewell tour, which will take place December 2nd at Madison Square Garden in New York City, the second of back-to-back nights. They've also unveiled a new batch of North American stops leading up to the finale. Uh, there had been proposed end dates for the Rock Legends to end their tour, which began in 2018. Manager Don McGahey floating a couple of loose timelines before declaring earlier this year that KISS will indeed put their final tour performance in 2023. And uh, this is not the first time the group has made an attempt to retire, and there will surely be speculation about legitimacy of this announcement. Considering the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers book set at 2023 UK dates mentioned, it will be their last show in the region. It really does appear Kiss are winding down their 50-year touring career. And lone mainstay Paul Stanley, having turned 71 earlier this year, Gene Simmons set to turn 74 this summer. The band specifically noted that in the end of the Farewell Tour, leaving the door open for other opportunities, such as one-off shows, residencies, or festival appearances, only time will tell. So there you go. Residency is, that's where I'm shocked that they weren't doing that already. Like if you're big enough, right? You're U2, you're Bruce Springsteen, you're the Foo Fighters, you know, Def Leppard, Santana, Jay-Z, Beyonce, uh, God, I don't know. You, there's so many artists that like are that big that they could just say, why am I going to tour? You know what I'll do? I'll do three weeks in Las Vegas. I'll do two weeks out in New York City, you know, and do a week in Chicago or a week and a half in Chicago. And that's it. And people will flock to that 
instead of you popping in from one city after another, after another, after another, after another. It, it's convenient, obviously, because not everybody can travel. But once you get, I mean, I'm not talking about young bands, okay? I'm talking about once you're, like, you know, in the back end of your career and you're Elton John, do you really need the tour of your Elton John? Can't you just stop in a couple of cities, go to Wembley and or the O2 Arena, whatever the hell it's called, and you stay there for a couple of weeks? And people around Europe will travel there, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Why would you do this when you know you're Snoop? You've been at it forever. I, I, you know, maybe it's a smaller residency, but whatever. But you do it instead of going all the way around. Seventy-one and seventy-four, man. That's crazy. Uh, Leo says, saw on Foronis Twitter that the Dolphins spent the day talking to a lot of linebackers at the Combine today. I'm sure they're going to talk to a lot of linebackers. they got to find a linebacker. That fourth and one play against Buffalo is the same way I felt a few years ago when Miami played the Chiefs in 2020 and they needed a fourth down stop. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know, my problem is that I like this Dolphins team. I think this Dolphins team, I like this coach. He's got to, you know, tweak some stuff on game day. And I love the front office. I, I really think this is the best we've had since, you know, way back in the Shula days. This is better than anything we've had. And I just think that the, the, the terrible luck last year changed the complexion of the entire season. I really do. And if this year they're able to add a couple of extra pieces, along with that defensive coordinator that they added, just some luck, man. That's all I'm asking for. You know, prove me wrong then. Have luck and then don't do anything. And, you know, be the same old Dolphins like some of you would label. And then, okay, I'll say, hey, I'm wrong. But if they're healthy, I think it's a completely different outlook. I really do. Bigo, what do you think of Jordan Poirier pushing to join the Finns? Would you prefer him over Edmonds? You can't have both. So what I would do is go after Poirier and Wagner. Because then Wagner, I, I only have to give him a one- or two-year deal. And it's not going to be crazy-ass money, right? And it'll be a two-year deal because that's what Chris Greer does. He does a two-year special. And then I can sign Poirier to a long-term contract. Employer is really durable, and he's exceptional in coverage, which in Fangio's scheme, your both safeties have to be exceptional in coverage. And I get it that that's, you know, Brandon got better last year in coverage. I'm a Brandon Jones fan, man, and I know that he wasn't great in coverage when he got here. That was a knock on him coming out of school, but he got better last year. Now, is he at Fangio's desire? No. He's not at his desired level. Let me put it right. And I have to be honest. He's not at his desired level. Then that's going to be a problem. You know. Let me see here. All right. Just in case. Good check. All right. Nothing big going on. Uh, rum 34 run, uh, run 34 run. Thank you. Little Ricky. Thank you for the super chat. 
Appreciate you, sir. Very nice of you. All right. Let's see what else. I saw where Pete Carroll took the high road when he was asked about the Russell Wilson stuff. I'm trying to get him fired. Did you see that? And and I thought Pete Carroll played the hand so psychologically beautiful. You know, because for those of you that don't know the story, Russell Wilson tried to get him fired. So in trying to get him fired, the ownership group said, yeah, no, we're not firing Carroll and Schneider. Yeah, no, we're going to trade you instead. And he was trying to recruit Sean Payton there. So when he was asked about Russell Wilson trying to get Carroll and Schneider fired, he says, my response to that is similar response that's always been with the guys that I have coached. He said at the combine yesterday, I'm always going to hang with them. I'm never going to leave them. I'm going to be there at the end with all the good stuff and all the bad stuff. I'm going to still be there. That's it. I'm hanging. It doesn't matter who the guy is. And then he adds, I like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together and hang through whatever the growth challenges may bring along the way. So I'm good. Now, this makes Carol look like a psychological genius because Russell Wilson, as good a dude as he is as a person, right? But he's not necessarily liked because of his, I don't know how you call it, uh, um, conservative ways, okay? Because he doesn't, you know, when he tries to be funny, he's not funny. When he tries to be cool, he can't really be cool because he's, you know, he's kind of uh, geeky, you know, in his own way. And so he's not liked by, by some. Right. So this is a guy that Picaro could easily get a lot of people on his bandwagon by bashing Russell. But by doing that, you're also going to end up turning off some players. They're going to say, hey, man, that guy won a Super Bowl for you, man. That guy played his ass off for you. Sick. Won a lot of games, a lot of big games for this team. I get it. But, you know, you shouldn't treat him that way. Instead, Carroll takes an incredibly high road with all of it. Because in the end, what does he get by battling? Nothing. It's over. The guy's in Denver. What does he get by beefing with him? Nothing. He's going to lose. Because you might piss off an agent. You might maybe make an agent not feel really good about you. You're going to get players that you might turn them off and say, oh, well, no, this guy can't wait to get you out. And then he'll backstab you after he did a lot for you, because you can't deny that about Russell Wilson. There were a lot of times that Russell played with bad offensive lines, no running game, injured, and he sucked it up and never complained. But he took the high road. So he makes Russell look like the complete jerk the entire time. And maybe he didn't treat Russell fairly behind the scenes over there. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he treated him perfectly fine. It's just Russell that maybe Russell's frustrated with Russell, that maybe Russell is losing his mojo. Maybe Russell's not the same player anymore. I don't know. We'll find out. Sean Payton will find out. But I thought Pete Carroll was genius in the way he handled it. Some coaches might have 
picked up the beef from there and taking shots. He said, no, I'm not doing that. Don't need it. I'm, I'm on my way. He had a terrible year. I had a great year with Geno Smith. I look like a savior now. I made the, the right decision, the quarterback for the fan base. I brought in a guy that people underestimated him. Damn, look what he did. Even got us to the playoffs. So Schneider and, and Carroll can't look bad in all of this. So why get into the pettiness? No need. Smart, man. Smart. Not handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. Now, that's stupid. But the way he handled this one, you got to give credit to people when they deserve it. And, and he deserves it. Uh, Aiden Bloomfield says, uh, Big O, I think the big guys toured to show appreciation or all of that. The people that made their careers possible. Also, bands like Fish are able to play in a limited capacity, but not all bands are. Exactly. No, I, I get it. But when you're that big and that old at that point, residencies to me make so much sense. They just do. Like, I'm sure Metallica, I hope they keep touring and I'm, I'll, and I travel to see them in Atlanta. I'm traveling to Montreal to go see them. I'm traveling to Mexico City to go see them. But, you know, those guys are getting up there in years too. And at one point or another, if you're Metallica, hey, two weeks in Madison Square Garden, two weeks in, in Las Vegas, two weeks in Chicago, two weeks in London, you know, you can do that if you're Metallica. And people will travel all over the world. I just think it's once you're getting to that point, not if you're a younger man, but once you're getting to that point, you know, U2 is going to do a uh, a residency at the Sphere in Vegas. I can't wait for that. I really want to go for several concerts. I'm going to try to go and stay there for a week or two and go to several concerts. I'm going to try. I don't know if I can, you know, save enough money up or whatever. But if I can pull it off, I'm going to pull it off for sure. Pete laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. Imagine Poyer, Holland, and Brandon Jones on the defense. Well, Brandon Jones would be a backup. He would not be a starter. But, yeah, it would be good. You could use him for blitzing downs and running downs and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need to talk about Russell Wilson if you're Pete Carroll. Exactly. B. McD says Metallica is effing amazing. They are, aren't they? They are absolutely awesome. And in concert, they have not lost one iota, bro. Nothing. They sound phenomenal. The energy is always there. Um, it's awesome. Awesome. Uh, by the way, again, tomorrow... 5.30, okay? Uh, we're going to meet at Kilroy's. If you live in the Indy, Indianapolis area, um, if you work or live anywhere here in the city, tomorrow, Kilroy's, 5.30. We will meet, okay? I'll uh, find a table somewhere, and then you guys can find me there at the place. But 5.30 tomorrow, Kilroy's. As uh, Sticks would say, Kilroy was here. 
All right, we uh, thank Matt Verderam and Skylar Thompson. We had a, a light, light uh, list today of interviews, but heavy hitters with Matt Verderam and Skylar Thompson. If you missed that interview, you can rewind there on YouTube and go listen to the interview. It was fantastic. He was uh, terrific. And uh, we will continue. We will uh, continue bringing on some. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, Tua's uh, trainer will be on with us, Nick Hicks. He'll be on with us. I'm trying to set up a time with him for tomorrow. So we're working on all of that. Okay. EJ Barrow says, I'm going to join you. You're here in, you're here in Indy, EJ? I didn't know that. Is that what you're saying that you're joining me? Or are you talking because you're usually joking around? So I don't know. You and, and Dougie Fresh, I don't, you know, you guys are constantly joking here. So I'm not exactly sure. Okay, because Barrow is constantly sending me stuff on DMs on Twitter and stuff, funny shit all the time. So he's always, I, I don't know what he's, you know, I don't know if he's joking, but I hope you're here in Indy. That would be good. Love to meet you, man. Uh, love to meet any of you out there that live in this area. Looking forward to it. Do you think they should sign Melvin Ingram? Late. First, to try to get something younger, more athletic, and can fill multiple needs. Remember, this is a coverage team now. Melvin Ingram does not cover. Okay? he does. That's not his forte. Landon Roberts, not a cover guy. You don't want any of those guys in space. You saw it when it happened this year. It was bad. It was ugly. Vic Fangio, okay? I know that, you know, some guys that go on local radio stations in South Florida, you know, former general managers that go on um, specifically Joe Rose's show, that they have no idea what Vic Fangio's defense is, and they'll tell you it's an attacking defense. It's not an attacking defense. It's a bend-but-don't-break defense. It's a, it's a coverage defense. So people have to be very good at coverages. And that's talking about your linebackers and your safeties. And if Brandon Jones is not good enough, he's not going to play for this guy a lot. I don't think Ingram and Landon Roberts fill what they need. I just don't. I, I, it's in order for that defense to work, there has to be more athleticism there. And I think that's what you're going to be looking for. That's why Channing Tindall is very important going into this season. Because he has the speed. He has the athleticism to do the things that that uh, Vic Fangio needs. At least that's good that this is a draft pick that can fit that scheme. Now, he still has to make the team. He has to prove that he's NFL worthy. But he has the skill set to, to finish it. So, yes. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. How serious do you think Porter's injury was? No, it was nothing. That, that you're fine. He'll be fine with all of that, dude. Now, the collapsed lung you can recover from. You'll be fine. The elbow, you'll be fine. Not a big deal, dude. He'll be all right. Don't don't make it. No, he'll be fine. Uh, oh, prove me wrong. The Clutches Elephant Riders was one of the best under-the-radar albums of the night. Oh, Clutches. Yes, 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 definitely, definitely. Clutch is so good, bro. So good. One of the best frontmen out there. If you have a if you have an opportunity to see Clutch live, 
Go check it out, man. They are awesome. Okay. Um, EJ Barr says no for the U2 tour. All right, we uh, thank Sean Stanley, the man that masters this uh, program and this uh, platform every single day. We thank Matt Verderam and Skyler Thompson. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, Alan Poupart will join us. Um, who else is on tomorrow? Uh, Nick Hicks, to us trainer, will be on with us tomorrow. So we'll have a lot of fun, man. Uh, we will uh, talk to you down the line. We will see you tomorrow morning. Remember, tomorrow is not an afternoon show. We're back on tomorrow at 10 a.m. because I'm here, not at Hylia Park. Okay? That's why we did Monday in the afternoon because they accommodated us and we did the, 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 the show we did over there. Okay? So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Love you all. You all be safe out there. Be good.